To Gallon Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Um, I, as ever, am Mr. Roscoe Howard Vacant, and I'm joined by my dear friend, Gil Rokitansky. Hello. <laughs> Mr. Waddington. Um, and we're also joined by a very special guest. Oh. Special being the operative word. Um, Renowned, oh, that was cruel. Renowned sexologist and arts critic Jonathan Jonathan Jr. Doctor Jonathan and, Jonathan. Jonathan. Doctor Jonathan. And wine connoisseur as well. Yes, my my PhD thesis actually uh, included uh, a chapter in wine, and not just the wine I drank whilst writing the, the thesis, but still, yeah, we can talk about that if you want as well. Okay, okay. I don't really remember a lot of it due to the wine connoisseuring. Sure, but still, so. so <laughs> so yeah, so there's not really many interesting so stories. This is uh, this is cyborg week, I think. <laughs> um, kind of, yeah. Given almost. That almost that most of the films don't involve cyborgs. Well, not um, well, yeah. Yeah. That was a misunderstanding. Yeah, that was a. Uh, how, how did that come about? Actually, was it just? Why would? Why did you think it was? Just the name term. Just the word Terminator. Ninja Terminator. Terminator. Well, that's interesting about how mm. certain words become appropriated. And removed from the context. From the lexicon. Well, yeah. isn't it interesting that the word Terminator is not associated with ninjas but with robots? Because it doesn't yeah. actually terminate any robots. So, welcome <laughs> to Ninja and Cyborg Week. Um, on and the Terminator doesn't kill any ninjas. Yeah, so we just doesn't. said that, yeah. He's suddenly. Lighted. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, so he didn't kill any robots. Gil, you, we, ah, before that, so he didn't kill any ninjas. Oh, is it ninja? Nin- ninja? 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 Uh-huh. Yeah. Ninjinas? What's... Yeah, Ninjak. Ninjak's a comic. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so... I don't think it's called Jack. So we can start off... Um, but he has a nine-inch nails pad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we'll start off um, today by, as always, by, by finding out, Gil, have you... Which movies you've, you've watched? This week, so you could fill in the, uh, the boys and girls at home. Two and a third of the films for this week. <laughs> two and a third. That's oh, no, another third. You watched it. Thirty four minutes into. Oh, well, I had a ten minute catch up of the end <laughs> of it. I feel like I didn't really miss anything in the in did the get, large section. Did you I, get the crabs? I, I did get the crabs. I thought the crab scene was particularly cruel, but the crab scene, I think, is all oh, I don't know. It's, yeah. The well, crab scene, I think, is a homage to Annie Hall with the lobsters. <laughs> I really do. I actually think he, he was trying to do that. Well, yeah, I've watched them. I also watched uh, Project Shadow Chaser. Oh, good choice. Oh, you get notes. Hardware. I actually do as well. Oh, I, very I good. I don't have any notes. It's all in my head. 
and uh, Exterminator 2. Now, should we talk about these films beforehand or Project what? Project Shadow Chaser and Hardware? You, you watched that. Yeah, I watched Pro- Project yeah. Shadow Chaser as well. Project uh, right, okay. Just the first one. Yes. Yeah, so four Project Shadow Chaser films yep. in total. So um, this this is quite an interesting film because it's never actually been released in VHS. Oh, and, on uh, DVD. DVD, it's ever. only available on VHS. It's only available on YouTube. So, yeah. Um, so, my, my, my answer, my synopsis here that I've written is, In the near future, an ex-football player is accidentally awoken from artificial sleep in a cryogenic prison after being confused for an architect to stop a hospital siege by terrorists... Led, Led by, by Cyborg. cyborg. Yep. So yeah. Um, it's the guy from Cagney and Lacey, who younger listeners would probably remember as the, the guy from Cracket. The, as the leader of the Cobra Kai. Don't yeah. you My friend Adrian is really his double and he gets quite upset when you mention this to him. <laughs> and I can and a lot of people get mixed up for the guy that was in both Greece and uh-huh. a taxi. You know, oh, he does that uh, walk. The one that I've got uh, Kaneki in Greece. Yeah, that's oh. right, yeah. I can see how Greece. people would see the two of them looking say, quite similar. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking blanks. No, it was Kaneki in Greece. That's no, I know, but oh. I didn't know if I said Greece. Yeah. Um I think it was Greece. Was like, yeah. <laughs> Greece. And I was like, what's going on with Greece? Is it because of the hair? <laughs> I think and it is. It's it's because of the hair. But we used to say, do you say Greece or Greece? I, I think that people say Greece now say because Greece. of the film, but my grandma would call it Greece. I would say Greece. Mm. Yeah. I used to think, I mean, you would feel, think a film was about the country, mm-hmm. which is a little bit, I don't know, it's not racist, but a bit xenophobic. So saying all people. <laughs> you know, I, I don't really want to get into it. Yeah. I was uncomfortable. Somebody with a, a Greek name is Chuck Dinomolos, right. um, who uh, appears in uh, Project Shadow Chaser. So that's Joss, Joss Ireland. Joss, Joss Ireland so and when, his spunky backpack. Yeah. So when was it made then? This was made in Shadow Chaser 85. No, it was 1992. It was on the sets of Alien 3. Yep, that's Bizarrely that's enough. Yeah. But you don't recognise them. They used, they used, sets? Yeah, I thought it was all green screen. <laughs> No, um, no. Act, uh, Alien 3, as we mentioned ages and ages ago, was uh, the first significant use of CGI, and that's for the alien exploding mm. at the end. So these were made... Apart from that, it was all real sets. So these were, it was filmed all at Pinewood Studios, um, and it actually made 4.2 yeah. million. Oh, Shadow Chaser. Project Shadow Chaser. Oh, right, okay, we're talking about, I'm talking about a different film. Ah, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> right. What were we talking about? I thought you were talking about Manborg. Oh, no, no. no. We'll, we'll talk about Manborg later. <laughs> we'll discuss that yeah. in more detail. Um, I, as the, my agent is the chief primary I'm talking about. <laughs> I've had too much ginger beer. <laughs> I also watched uh, Eliminators, As which did is I, yeah. one, of, one of the films that Manborg got its influence from. Sure. Mostly it's influenced by the poster. Oh, oh I think so, yeah. It's right. not by the film. Did they actually say that? Because yeah. that seems well, true. No, they, they said in one interview that Manborg was influenced by these sorts of uh-huh. posters. And Exterminator was one of those posters as well. I watched Exterminator. What too. is Exterminator? Uh, Exterminator is a, he's a vigilante with a mm-hmm. welding mask and a flamethrower. Mm-hmm. And he goes about... And Isn't it a modified... Welding tool. 
No, it's just a flamethrower. I've made a mistake. Well, Eliminator's made 4.6 million. Eliminator's made 4.6 million, uh-huh. oh, right. Project Shadow Chase and Restraint. What was his budget? Um, it was not It was not much. It was, was about £85. No, it was quite a bit. It was significant. Uh, it was about 2.5 and they made 4.6. Really? Something he's he's like got a mobile unit. We were actually talking million. about that. That's funny you mentioned about the sets. Uh-huh. So we mentioned earlier on about Jim Cameron's Spider-Man. Right, uh huh. Uh-huh. And they were going to make that He Man and the Masters of the Universe at the same time. Using ah, the same right. sets. Uh-huh. Yeah, using the same sets. Yeah. And uh, Evelyn is uh, played by. Jeff Capes. <laughs> <laughs> In the Masters of the Universe film, oh. Oh, what's, what's her name that plays Evelyn? She's, she plays the President's daughter uh-huh. in Project Shadow Chaser. She's um, also in They Live, which oh, I also right. watched this week. Thought the best uh, Kim. Who's the, who's the name of the woman that's in Superman 2? Which, the one that plays Lana Lane? Yeah. No, the one that plays... Oh, God, what's her name? Lois? No, the, the villain. The woman. Oh, uh... She would have been a great evil in. Yeah. And Margot Kidder would have made a good battle cat. <laughs> That's terrible, actually. I shouldn't say that. I've never been a big Margot Kidder fan. She didn't, have, she didn't have enough teeth play battle cat. <laughs> she pulled them all out. Yeah, because Marco Kidder went mental. It's a curse of suits. Su- uh, yeah. The curse of Superman, like the, like the curse of different strokes. Well, oh yeah. The curse of different Although strokes. Although they're different than Well, he, he beat uh, Vanilla Ice in that celebrity boxing match. Not Gary Coleman, but the older one. Well, <laughs> he did. So he got off drugs eventually. He got off drugs. Well, I don't know if he get drug tested after the fight, but, but he certainly won. And then he beat up Vanilla Ice. No, I mean, what they're thinking about, it's, it's you know, it's a, a rapper known for his shell suit versus an ex-crack dealer. I mean, who's going to win that? <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, it's, it's, not, yep. it's not exactly a fair fight. Yeah. So, um, a few interesting facts about Mandroid. Uh, the guy that played Mandroid, Patrick Reynolds, yep. was the heir to, the tobacco, to a tobacco fortune, R.J. Reynolds. And right. is now uh, is now an anti-smoking campaigner, Bastard. and he uses the money to uh, to co- promote anti-smoking causes. Um, Andrew Prime, who played Harry Fontana, who's the kind of guide yeah. character, uh, who's quite amusing, um, is actually in the Lords of Salem. Um, oh, right. And that's that's yeah. also so is. So that's kind of video, right? Or like it's going almost straight to video. It's like getting a release, a theatrical release. It's simultaneous to the DVD release. But was did you did you look up the woman from Project Shadow Chase? I didn't know. She's also in Lord of Salem. Oh she? Yeah. Wow, so there you go, so Rob Zombies watching the same films as I Yeah. I can't Seven. remember what her name is, it's really annoying me. Uh-huh. She's got like the piercing blue eyes. Right. I always pick Meg Meg something. Uh-huh. That's cool. Meg Foster. I think it's Meg Foster. I always picture Rob Zombie watching films. Um, just in fast forward, he doesn't actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's how he. That's how he films him, and then just slows him down. Mm-hmm. That's how he writes the scripts. Yeah. Just sitting there watching something, and just he looks up whatever he sees. That's the next <laughs> scene. Yeah. Yep. So. But I quite liked his Halloween. Yeah. See, I, I did like his Halloween. Didn't like his Halloween too. Uh huh. Uh, I've still not seen Halloween too. I mean, there was bits. Uh, is I think Robin Inns kind of nailed it. Is that 
when you think back on Halloween, you kind of like it more than you actually like it when you're watching it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you yeah, you remember rose-tinted glasses. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you were correct, Meg Foster was the name, so that was the, that was the right name. Yeah, so she's heavily connected so to as you So as you said, they love uh, Masters of the Universe and Wars of Salem. Yep. So yeah, that's it's, it's quite funny that there was two links to, yep. two links to the same movie, so that's really cool. But yeah, because I also watched the this week. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, one of my favourite film posters. Oh, yeah, yeah, I absolutely it love it. I just, I just really, really like the film, and after mm. Ross making me watch disappointing wrestling, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought, going to watch Rowdy Roddy Piper, going oh. about kicking ass. I should say, since you've you've fucking brought that up, um, you look a bit like Rowdy Roddy Piper. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah, uh, Monsters Brawl was made for £200,000 and the film that you said that looked shittier than that, but better, uh, had a budget of £4.6 million pounds well, for a dollar, sorry. Yeah, so, but you could, you, that's saying nothing. I mean, Waterworld, how much was that? What was yeah, that, sorry? Waterworld was fucking... Well, exactly. Million, but yeah, yeah. Million at the time, adjusted for inflation, that's probably about £200 so, the film that we watched... £260,000 now with a currency. The movie that we watched as the main feature this week was obviously $10,000. Father's Day was $10,000. Manborg was $2,000, but filmed over three years. Well, made over three years. Right. So Because of all the green screen technology. Sure. There's really nothing there. the technology loosely. Yeah, very loosely. Um, it, was, it was strange actually, it was strangely, I mean I, I thought it was first just because of acid I dropped oh. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll discuss that later um, yeah. because we, once we get into the full review. Yeah. Um, Gil, have you watched anything else this week? That, well, the uh, lab, what did you think of that? Is, um, that was like the umpteenth time sure, I yeah. watched that. Uh-huh. Love it to bits. I don't know why I suddenly felt the need to watch They Live, mm-hmm. but that actually kicked off my unintentional Meg Foster thought. Cool. Oh. And uh, I also watched The Princess and the Pony. Princess and the Pony, so that's the that's, bubble burst yep. um, movie. That's cool. Yep, made by Asylum. I, I quite enjoyed it. I, so is that uh, is that a mockbuster or is that one actually? Uh, I don't think it's a right. mockbuster unless I'm not really up on kids' uh-huh. films, so right, I don't know okay. if there was like a, a princess and Oh, is that a kid's film? Yeah, it's a kid's film. And bubble burst is in it? Yep, he plays the bad guy uh-huh. in it. Just as a, a wee precursor, I should say that uh, Bill Bells Jr., the daytime Emmy Award winning actor and star of Excision, um, well, Abraham, Abraham Lincoln vs. Uh, Zombies, various other great Loads movies. Loads of stuff. Yeah. Um, Children yeah. of Sorrow is going to be appearing on our show next week. If you didn't have um, show, so look, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, so that'll be, that'll be next week interview via... Skype via Skype, yeah, and discussion about his work. Yeah, we'll, be quite we cool. won't be on the same couch. It will be odd. I know. Are you not going to get a chair for bigger guests? <laughs> you, could, you could put the. We won't even be. We won't even be in the same postcode next week. Strange. I was like, where are we? Where are you doing it then? Just do it all over the internet. Because the thing is, if we sit in the same room and we're both talking on Skype headsets, oh right, Skype, and I thought he was coming around the flat. Oh, if only. Oh, part of me thinks it's impossible by a good idea to be in the same same room, but I mean, we can... No, because then you get an echo. 
Not the same, you're in the same room, but the same building, put it that way. I missed Sergio when you said that, I thought you said Bill Bixby, and I was like, but he's dead. Bill <laughs> Bixby, that'd be... It's like, that he's going to do a celebrity sale. That would be a coup. <laughs> it would be. Yeah, yeah celebrity sale. He sales. directed Blossom towards the end of his He career. did, yeah. yeah. And uh, when and he when he died, they dedicated Yeah, it was very moving. I remember seeing and that. They showed it at the end of the episode. Like, yeah, because they kind of broke the fourth wall, and mm-hmm. they, they told everybody Which in the audience. Which was a bit of a downer, really. Yeah. yeah. You know, I like sex, sex is still quite sexy. Is she? Yeah, she I haven't is. seen sex in ages. Yeah. What about Joey? Joey's he went Joey Lawrence. Yeah. What, what are you pointing at me for? Oh, I was just <laughs> pointing in general. I wasn't pointing at you. I've got some follicle issues. I'm not afraid to, to admit that to our listeners. I don't think you do at all. I think oh, aye. A fine thick head of your I was going to say you get a nice sideburn. <laughs> <laughs> One go. day it's just going to be that one side burned, just fucked over. over. Fuck you. Oh, what's it? I think you're a bit, a bit sensitive. I think so. He is. He's a sensitive wee soul. He, he is. He is. Uh-huh. Oh, so if any, listeners, if any listeners want to go on a date with me, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, right. like Gil taking me. <coughs> One of our listeners out today on a date last week. It wasn't a date. It was a date. It's not just even a date, it's a blind date. <laughs> yeah. Which makes it quite yeah. sweet, really. Yep. Uh, so, have you watched anything else or is there anything else? Not really. I've watched a whole load of films, but I can't really remember what yeah. they all were. Cause supposed to take a wee note of them and then, then we have yeah. something to talk about at the start of the show. Well, what have you? Watch Nothing. This week, I'll see you. I've not watched fuck all. <laughs> Do you want me to say? I've watched the films that I've, I've said films that, that I have watched, and then you've went and copied those films, <laughs> like Project Shadow Chaser. I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have something really interesting. Hardware as well. I watched Hardware. Oh, well, here we go. It's the Gill Show again, right? He just said Hardware. So let's hear about Hardware. Hardware is quite good. It's got uh, Iggy Pop in it as a radio presenter. Oh. It's got the. It actually opens with uh, what most people would go, oh, that looks like the guy from Fields of the Nephilim wandering through a desert. It is the guy from Fields of the Nephilim wandering through a desert. So that's when you say nice. most people... Most, most people with the... Uh, most, most people from the 80s who watch late night television in the yeah. 80s. Well, the hardware was directed by a guy who had directed a couple of Fields of the Nephilim videos. Right. And they'd created this kind of... What's the smoke? Preacher character. Right, okay. For the lead singer. Preacher. And uh, Lemmy's in it. Was it well. What was the other one when there was a. Was it Phantasm when they had the. I'm trying to remember, I should know that. Bloody hell, it's my job. Phantasm with a. <laughs> the ball. Silver with the ball. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was and the tall man. Yeah. yeah. They're meant to be uh, doing a new Phantasm. I always yeah. think of Phantasm as a companion piece to a lot of um, manga. Because manga's so phallic that you need some balls. <laughs> James James Curran's character in, du- in the Dark and Stormy Night, uh, film that we talked about last last week or two weeks ago, um, is all balls. He he mentions that he's he's interested in Sumerian burial rituals and tiny floating balls. You know he's uh, Donna Curran's son. Is that right? Yeah. There you go. Donna Curran from Priest Hill. Yeah, oh, right. that one. Okay. She's a great ride. She's um, 17. So, yes, Donna Karen. <laughs> Donna Karen's a fashion designer. I don't DKNY. Oh, Donna Karen, New York. Oh, that's she's, cool. She's from New York. Yeah. 
She's actually from Paisley, I read somewhere. Right, okay. Donna Karen Paisley didn't sound good. So, John, John, have you watched anything extra on top of the films that have been I did, and I was speaking with Gil about Uh this before the show, um, because I asked him to see Trance. Trance? And I hated it. Uh Yeah, as I said last week. I I really thought any, any film that basically hinges on Rosario Dawson's vagina. A vagina. That was exactly what Gil said last week, and I didn't believe him. Absolutely preposterous. I'm a big fan of film noir. A lot of my earlier writing... I'm a big fan of vaginas. I thought this one just overplayed its part. I think they really tried to compensate for that by showing James McAvoy's arse so much. Mm -hmm. But it's really jarring because Obviously, I don't know, I'm allowed to say penis. Yeah, <laughs> Well, he shows his penis, but he doesn't show his penis rather, he covers it up. Yeah. But then again, the big the big guy gets shot in the cock later on yeah. in the film. And it's so <laughs> gratuitous. That, yeah, you know, it really it's... just is nasty. And it is, I actually thought, you know, do you know what? This this is like a real fucking video nasty. It's, 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 it's uh, Danny Boyle's genitalia. Well, film. he claimed it was because it was uh, his sort of reaction to the whole um, Olympics thing, and I was like, no, it's not. It's the sort of because it's still shy. Yeah, it's, it's not you a know. great reaction. No. You know, oh, I've done something that was critically lauded all over the world. What we're going to do well, now? I'm just going to have Rosario Dawson's vagina on a big oh. screen for far too long. I've read them. Uh, I, I generally like Philip French, and I, I, he's actually a writer that's influenced my my writings. Most of my writings in wine, mm-hmm. but not so much films. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just shit. I mean, it's, it's I just don't get. It. I mean, I'm not necessarily disparaging about. It. About a film, but it's just, just overly convoluted. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's making it up as it goes along. Yeah, and I think I think it's I don't know if he's like thinking about you know something like the Big Sleep, which famously Raymond Chandler like he, he didn't know who killed everyone, but but yeah, it's just it's not very good. Yeah, when when it gets to the end, you go, like fuck, that's finished. I think I think I think this show to show right up until this point is a stronger narrative. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. So um, <laughs> so John, uh, that's that's cool. Have you? Um, so I've seen, yeah, seen some other stuff. So yeah. Gil, sure. Gil dominated again. Then. Yeah. No, he's, just, he's, he's quite a dominant person. It's an alpha male. It's, yes. it's, it's really quite. <laughs> it is. It's quite 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 disturbing. It's, it's, it's Being in the presence of somebody like that, and like when particularly when you go to Asda, and like when you when he's like a dog getting off the leash. Uh, when he's racing for the reduced, the reduced price section. It's my favourite section. How big is the reduced price section? Not big. It's, it's not big. Gil, Sometimes uh, it can be packed. But Gil, Gil <laughs> just storms through the elderly ladies with their with their animal fleece prints. Print animal fleece. fleeces. Yeah. It's always on there. Fearless. Somebody. It's say. always prawn cocktail and crab paste. <laughs> Gilly's a lot of prawn cocktail and crab paste. I fucking love and it. Like, together. See, like, see like jalapenos covered in fucking breadcrumbs. This is basically Gil's diet. <laughs> it's a good diet. <laughs> it's a good diet. I, I was, went to Sainsbury's one time, and in their reduced section, they had. Uh, just whole loads of those jalapeno poppers and I, I bought like, 15 or 16 packets of them 
There's like 12 in each. I mentioned jalapeno popples as a joke there where everyone in the girl is actually talking about a thing called jalapeno popples. I think you don't mean the room deodorising kind of no. jalapeno popples. Are you not talking about, no, you know, about poppers, with that stuff we used to stab on night with yeah. teenagers? Yes. Right. You stopped it. No. When I, yeah, let's, let's stop just, kicking the floor, Ross. Sorry, sorry. Let's not talk about that when it's recorded, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just vibrate up into I'm the sorry, microphone. I'm sorry for vibrating there for a bit. <laughs> sorry for vibrating your Although audience. I do have a funny story I can tell you about Serene McKellen and Poppers, but we'll, we'll tell that later on. Okay. okay. When he was filming X Men. Uh huh. Or X Men, <laughs> I just call it. Oh dear. Okay, so, what, what film will we start with after well, X-Men. we add then? We'll have a wee break and then we'll be back to discuss. Um, I'm trying to think about the films of actually. <laughs> I've not finished talking about my films that I watched. Oh, wait, oh right. Oh, so, sorry, I saw John. Tra- I saw Trance. Trance. Uh, uh, Trance. Trance. Yeah. Uh, it's a French pronunciation. Yeah, the Trance. Uh huh. Well, it depends if you're using the feminine. Masculine. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. What else did I see? I watched an episode of Magnum PI. Oh, which, which was very good. Um, He's getting like Bergerac in sunnier weather. Now, that's interesting because you. Did you read that in the articles I sent? No. Ross? What? I didn't even know there was articles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I wrote, I I wrote, them to you. I wrote an article. No, no, yeah, I sent them to you. When? I sent them through your email. Because uh, we were going to talk about uh-huh. my script mm-hmm. tonight in the documentary. But anyway, no, I wrote a piece about how Bergerac mm-hmm. is really just, uh, I suppose, a. Uh, a really bad rip-off of Magnum P.I. You think about it, it's a detective, he lives in an island, he's friends with a rather dubious older English gentleman, he drives a really fancy car that he can't afford, and he's just, he can basically shag every woman he meets, which is really, and there's unconvincing hair in it as well. (laughs) Except, obviously John Nettles wears a wig. And Tom Selleck's moustache was real. So yeah. what, what year was the Bergerac film? Yeah, I thought Bergerac, the original film, was. No, the it, came, it came. No, it came later. Lisa Goddard. No. I, do you know? I, I went back and watched uh, quite a lot of it, and I forgot. There's quite a lot of nude scenes with Lisa Goddard in it. It's really disturbing. It's, uh, it's the, like seeing like Sally and Wesley Gummidge naked or something. Uh-huh. Yes. Well, in the Sweeney, you see the mum from the Oxo adverts, uh, Linda Bellingham, topless. Uh-huh. In one scene. Oh, oh there you yeah. go, fact finders. That's yeah. cool. The Sweeney so film's really good. This is becoming a total sausage fest. Sorry, really to uh, our female listeners. Well, we mentioned James McAvoy's ass. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I really, come back to that, I, that, that was really jarring. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> so, John, you were, uh, John, you were mentioning your documentary work that you're. Where we are, it's quite exciting. The production company, uh, Jai Jai Jai. Uh, which is named after my, my dad, my dear old dad. Uh, which doesn't actually make any sense because he's Jonathan Jonathan Senior, but his middle name's Jim. Uh, we um, uh, we're making a we're making a, a documentary uh, with Professor Brian Cox um, about whistling, <laughs> which I wanted to talk about. Uh, it was interesting because Brian. <laughs> about whistling. About whistling. Brian, Brian loves whistling. That's why his lips are all so moist. On TV, you know, they're dead shiny. 
because he's always whistling. So it's 90 minutes of whistling. Is, is it dedicated to the memory of Roger Whittaker as well? No, no, because it's just whistling, honestly. Uh, yeah, but Roger, Roger Whittaker was a very famous whistler. Yeah, he had can't, albums and albums. Yeah, but we, 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 can't, we can't actually explain that because uh-huh. there's no dialogue. There's no monologue. It is just whistling. Brian Cox. And he goes around, we're doing a lot of work with... Keep whistling Morse code. Well, we're doing a lot of work around minus communities. Uh, we went in and we said, that, can you just whistle? That just communities full of children. It is good. It's, you're a good whistler. Did you not whistle again? No, I don't, I don't know, I'm sorry. No. Ryan Ferry uh-huh. he's a, was he's a first a outstanding whistler. Uh-huh. I, I th- he's excellent, uh-huh. he's excellent. What's, so what's Robin Ince actually did, our previous guest that actually worked with Brian Cox. How did you actually get, get to meet Brian in the first place? Well, Bri- Brian, it's really interesting because one of the guys I play football with, um, uh-huh. he's a big fan of Brian Cox and he said, I'm going to go to his house for dinner, do you want to come round? And I said, no. Because I've so is that somebody that they've heard of, or is that me? Oh, well, I don't really like to name it, but it's, it's my friend Jerry. Oh, um, Jerry Butler. Jerry Butler, that's right. Um, Paisley's finest. Well, uh, no, big, big Jerry. Sure, that would be the pattern. Uh, Paolo Nettini. No, the pattern. Oh, right, sorry, Miss Urge. Paolo Nettini is nowhere's really finest. Bad. I've lived in Scotland now for... Ten years, and I still can't understand the accent. What well, accent? You moved around for quite a while. Well, I did. Well. I grew up in military bases. Actually, my, my father was in the, the army. Uh huh. And a series of military experiments, uh, which went wrong. <laughs> but bless him, after his sperm count recovered, he met me mum. Uh, she's Australian, so that that's why my accent is a bit all over the place. Some might say unconvincing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it came in handy because er- early on, when I, when I did a lot of early writing, early sure. on in my career, before I became a critic, you know, after completing my PhD on the DMA, the desexualization of pre post colonial cultures, uh, I actually wrote for children's TV. So, what children's? Chalky? Not Chalky, no. Um, do you remember Jossie's Giants? Oh, yeah. I didn't write in that. I wrote in uh, the role of that show. <laughs> and uh, I ended up doing the voice of, of Kevin, which was... The gerbil. That's right. Um, I can do a bit if you want. Yeah, well, please. Well, I can... Can anyone do Roland? I can yeah, do a bit, bat No, it's a bit deeper. It was more... Yeah! Red fans! Kevin! And all we come in and do it now as much as I pitched. Which one do you want to be? You pick. 
Please, do remember what films we watched? We watched Manborg, Robocop uh-huh. and Ninja Terminator. I think Ninja Terminator would be the, the shittest of the three. I'm really taking Therefore, the, the first yeah. that we would discuss. I don't think it was the shittest. So we'll have a wee break and we'll be back after this. Instead of dealing with the hassle of downloading, would you rather be able to listen to all the Horophilia Network of podcasts on the go? Well, now you can for free with the Stitcher app. The app is available for the iPhone, iPad, Android phone and tablets, webOS, and other devices. You can download it for free from Stitcher.com or from your app marketplace on your device. You can hear all of our podcasts, along with many other horror podcasts, all available for free. Stitcher.com, the smarter way to listen to podcasts. Okay, guys, um, so we're going to discuss Ninja Terminator. So, um, would Gil, would you like to synopsize since you're uh, <laughs> Do you the, want to I even synopsize? How can you synopsize this? I didn't even watch all of it. Oh, you watched enough of it. Oh, right, so there's, there's this shit storm that happens with a bunch of ninjas. And right. Ninja Master Harry gets a secret call on his Garfield phone. No, come on. And that's much later on. Yeah. <laughs> and then, There's actually two films which are spliced together. I think they should have taken them apart. Yeah, that's just, this, is a, this is a thesis. This is not I fact. actually did talk about uh, Godfrey Howe's films a little bit. Uh, Ninja Death Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, my, in my PhD thesis. Um because really, I think I think his films say a lot of interesting things uh-huh. about pre-secession Hong Kong. I think, and say a lot about a lot of the melting pot, right? Okay, uh, in Hong Kong, which is why I think you get such a. I mean, why is it? Why is it the most prominent ninja are Western? For example, Harry. Yep, and uh, later Gordon. Got, yeah, we played God in, in, some people say 10, some people say 13, uh-huh. some people say 14. They made 19 of these films. He did, he did, but interestingly... Over the course of a few years, it's like... Yeah, over the, uh, between 85, 84 and 88, I think. Because yeah. yeah. I took a note of the director's output for that year, and there was certainly five ninja films within that year. I, I think that they just pointed a camera at a bunch of people no, saying no. have a fight and then filmed some linking scenes. Well, I think Jack Lam, who plays Jaguar Wong, is a very talented actor. And what's interesting, I, I, I read, I looked this up in the IMDb to remind myself of it because I hadn't seen it since I was actually very young. I completed my PhD thesis when I was only 16 and having started it when I was 15. And what I thought was really remarkable about it was that um, the number of actors in it who'd only appeared in one or as many as eight films. Yeah. Jonathan Waters, who plays, I can't even remember his name. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not actually named in it, I don't think. It's yeah. only subsequently uh, afterwards that he's named as uh, Reginald. He's not the named other, as Reginald. No, he is. He's, he's, he's Ninja Master Reg. Um, it was Ninja Master Harry. Ninja Master Harry, yeah, absolutely. Ninja Master Gordon. Uh-huh. Ninja Master Reg. Um, but he's only, he only appeared in one film, and I, I was joking earlier on about about how it's because he, he didn't actually finish making the film. But I, I think he did. I think you can tell that he'd, he'd some kind of alcohol related problems because uh, he does look pretty drunk uh-huh. through the film. 
Even his eyes shut out, it's all. Yeah, it's, that's his disguise. Sure. He puts on some eyeshadow. There is a uh, robot scene in it though. I mean, there's no cyborg. What did you think of the robot? The robot uh, was astonishing. The, the VHS delivery system. It was. Death threats. I think Betamax uh -huh. was more threatening, personally. If that wasn't a Betamax tape, but if that was a Betamax tape, that uh -huh. would have been more... It would have been more... Yeah, bulkier, yeah. yeah. That's why it would have been more threatening. You remember the no, VHS? Yeah, it was definitely... Bigger, but that's what I'm saying. Betamax. I mean, Betamax would have been more threatening. Yeah, because you... you What's more threatening than a tape you can't play? A Betamax only has one spool as well, so it has that bit of mystery. Yeah. Well. You can only see like one big spill side on a Betamax. Whereas on a VHS you can see how much tape you've watched, how much you've got left. You can't do that in the Betamax, you can just see how much is left. I'm feeling like I'm way young here. How much tape was in there to start with? You don't know. That's true. I like the scene though when, when Reg gets it. Remember we were talking about this earlier on. And he's full, he's practising and he's fully clothed. Uh -huh. But then he examines the tape because he's, like, he's never seen it before. Mm -hmm. Pops it in and all of a sudden he's topless. <laughs> so what kind of video was he? Yeah. What was he expecting? I just to watch stuff all the time. Obviously the Ninja Empire is running some kind of porn delivery business. <laughs> you send a robot. Using Roombas. Yeah, exactly, using toilets. But it actually is a weaponised toy as well because it fires out smoke. A Roomba's not a toy. <laughs> What's a Roomba? Roomba, it's a little uh, robot oh, around Roomba? and Roomba. and Hoover. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. right. Yeah, because yeah. it, it it folds, it lies on its back, and it's got wee tracks. It's like the original Roomba that delivers videotapes. Mm. That's that's what the and death threats. So the story yeah. the story is based. It starts off with. It's based on a true story. It's, <laughs> it's based on a true story. Um, Two true stories. Three ninjas are assembled in front of the supreme ninja master, um, who may or may not be Mexican. Who may or may not be Mexican, and each of them has a box, and in the box is three parts of the golden ninja warrior. Is that right? Golden Ninja Warrior. And I think yeah. that symbolises the three key components to Hong Kong society. Right, that's interesting. Very interesting. So that would be the knife, the head and the... I, well, no, it's two arms. arms. Two arms and a, and a, uh -huh. and a face. Sure. Okay. So it's a bit like Prince Charles. Okay, so it's kind of like the Leviathan. That's very interesting. Hmm. What? No, it's not. Hope's Leviathan. Oh right, yeah, no, no, no I don't really think like that. No, it's all. not like that at all, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Viathan was a giant beast. Yeah. In many ways, Ninja Empire is more like an octopus. Sure, sure. Or a Kraken. Okay, so releasing the Kraken. Um, so the. Like you pointed out, Kraken with, with three tentacles. Uh huh. Seen from many different angles. Uh huh. So the three. Um, the three parts of the Golden Ninja Warrior are stolen by uh, the Harry Ninja, Tamashi Ninja, and one other ninja. Yeah. Um, and Reg. Is it Reg? We'll yes. Yeah. call him Reg. We'll call he's him Reg. Uh -huh, sure. Uh. So a nameless school. Um, <clears throat> and the so that all this happens within the, the space <laughs> of five minutes. Basically. This is a simple uh -huh. plot. Yeah. Why don't you explain that plot <laughs> and then explain the Jaguar Wong one? Yeah, and then there's a Jaguar Wong. So, so basically, the 
certain groups, there's a, a second group that are charged with retrieving the aspects of He's their, a private detective. Yeah. And Jaguar Wong is a private detective trying to, what's yeah. it, what was his aim? His aim was, what happens is, one, somehow, one of the bits of the Golden Ninja Warrior uh-huh. ends up in the possession of this brother and sister. Uh-huh, who that's right, yeah. In uh-huh. the so that's Tamashi's brother and sister. They're yeah. one of the golden who. I don't know. Was it his brother? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not was. Why did they get it? Uh, because he he was killed and. No, but he isn't killed because uh, he's the red ninja that's trying. To... No, he's not. He's a, he's one of the. Oh, he's the one that dies mm-hmm. at the start. Oh, uh-huh, that's right. So he oh, dies in the first five minutes. Right. I I do you know what that that. So is Reginald the third one of those three ninjas then? Yes. Right. Okay. Um, because that was bizarre. There's two Western ninjas. Uh huh. Yeah. Harry looks incredible. He wears camouflage. Yeah, he wears a camouflage suit. Um, and the nameless one wears black. Yep. And the rest wear red. All, all the, uh, all the uh, Eastern Chinese um, ninja warriors. Although it's meant to be Japan, so Japanese and obviously ninja Japanese wear red. Mm-hmm. Strangely, you I, see I just that bit. Yeah, I it's hard to follow. It, I thought there was meant to be more than three of them, and they just kept killing people that were all just played by the same three guys. Yeah, like right. Commando. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That's, that's what I thought it was. I, I thought there was meant to be loads and loads of them. I like the way the way of running, like they really needed the toilet. <laughs> and they, 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 they were currently doing the toilet. They <laughs> <laughs> actually did. What about Jaguar Chang? Jaguar Wong. Jaguar Wong, sorry, Jaguar Chang. He's hired to, to retrieve that yeah. part of the golden ninja and then protect his sister because her brother's murdered. Um, the oh, is he supposed to be? Yeah. And then she gets kidnapped what? and it turns out that Lily, who's sleeping with Victor, who's the henchman <laughs> oh, of Tiger man. Chan, uh-huh. who in turn is a henchman of, let's call him Reg, uh-huh. um, his girlfriend because turns out used to be lovers with Jaguar Wong uh-huh. and they have a really strange sex scene. Yeah, and involving <laughs> crabs. No, that the crabs are with Harry uh-huh. and his wife. But right. his wife doesn't. Harry's wife doesn't realise he's a ninja. She she thinks he's a respectable businessman. Yep. Even though he polishes his ninja sword and throws stars at the table and kills a crab. Uh huh. For no reason during and the fall. I mean, it doesn't even knowledge. kill it because it shows you it's just walking. It squeals, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. In a comedic fashion. So the golden ninja warrior gives is a statue that gives untold power and protection to the bearer and that is what's I would say told power so that's at the crux of the ninja empire and the the supreme master and his power derives from that so the fact that that's been stolen by these three ninjas in black is if you get uh, the right arm the Uh right arm's invulnerable Uh you get the left arm the left arm's invulnerable and you get the torso your torso invulnerable which makes you think why don't you just chop the legs so there you go. Yeah, it's a bit. It's it's not as artifacts go. It's not really the most impressive, unless unless there are ninja warriors' legs and groin uh-huh. out there somewhere. So they say the words "golden ninja warrior" more times in this film than than yes. is sensible. As constantly through. How would you describe Tiger Chen and Jaguar Wong? Because they're the best things in the film. Yeah, they're the best. Some might say that. 
things in the film. So Tiger Chang is the kind of PI character, am I right? No, it's Jackie Wong. Are you sure? Yes, I'm very sure. <laughs> I'm 100% sure. Because Tiger uh, Chan actually wears tiger colours. Okay. The blonde wig. He's got a blonde bobbed wig. Uh-huh. Uh, a black beard. See, I took him as being the goodie, isn't it? as being the baddie in this. Yeah, he's the goodie. baddie. That's you so he's not a PI. PI? Uh-huh. Private investigator? Uh-huh. It's Jaguar Wong. The PI is always a good guy. Uh-huh. So the good guy is, is Jaguar Wong and the bad guy is Tiger Chan. Yeah, that's the opposite of what you just said. And though. Tiger Chan's got the white, white hair. No, that's... yeah. Okay. We're very confused. No, you've confused me now. Either way, there's an awesome fight scene between Tiger versus Jaguar that you can look up on YouTube. It's probably better than watching the film. Um, probably. The film is shite. And don't, <laughs> let, don't let Jonathan Jonathan Jr. tell you anything otherwise. I, I think I think it's, it's so an absolute waste of time. I you can watch the last ten minutes of the film and get. I actually think it's so bad it's good. I think it's so bad it's bad. I don't it's kind think of got to that stage where you know how you get a B list a B movie. Uh-huh. There's not enough letters in the alphabet for this film. <laughs> I, I think I think I think it's very very. I think it's funny, but you've uh-huh. been a very particular movie. Yeah. Possibly. I think the DVDs would sell well in Camden. <laughs> I think. Where people walk about with portable record decks and two vinyl. Yep. As they're walking. I think that if people really wanted to watch a film. So you're basically saying that my this. friend who's sitting here is basically a bit of a pretentious deck. I wasn't saying pretentious. <laughs> I wasn't saying that he's got the Jonathan Jr. was. <laughs> No, I was just saying that I think you could easily market. You didn't see his cravat. You could easily market this film to. It was a neckerchief. To people in Camden. I think. I I th- I generally think it's it says some interesting things about. Um, it says interesting things about Hong Kong society at that time, like I say, because it was an interesting transitional period, and I think. And that Patton way, didn't make a single appearance in it. No, that's, that's why the, but the, the entire film is compromised. There was a fight scene with the Osmonds where they, they did like a walk together. Um, that was quite strange. It was bizarre. Yeah, yeah they did. They just some weird sort of four basic roles. When they try, when they try to be comedic, they fail. But mm. when they try to be serious, it's it is <laughs> quite funny. And when they try and use a bit of music subtly and hope that Pink nobody. Floyd's in the soundtrack. Yeah, those like yeah, there's like there's a Oscar Vince thirty second bit yeah. of uh, the middle section of yeah. Echoes. Yeah, yeah. Oscar Seth mentioned all the films that were all the bands that were yeah. used in it without permission. But the aliens, yeah, right at the start, the very first thing that you hear is a, a bit of John Williams' Star Wars suite. That was quite strange. And what is that? Is it a is it a disco dancer as a Statue of Liberty? Mm. Uh, I, I couldn't quite mm. figure that out. I, I wasn't sure what it was meant to be. Or was that was... Godfrey Ho himself? It may have been. Mm. Dressed as a disco dancer version of the Statue of Liberty. It was strange. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. And it's, this one is available on DVD. I did actually. Which is shocking. One, yeah. one thing I would... It is, it is in DVD and actually it's a special sale in HMV. But I'd like to just read you some dialogue. Mm-hmm. That I really like, mm-hmm. and it, it really 
I think it's. I just think it's good actually. Okay. What happens is the scene is it's the one when he's in. Well, the the the, the, the actually. So this is like kind of praise from Caesar coming from a writer of your caliber, actually. Well, I do tend to review B movies. Uh huh. Um, sure. And this one doesn't even fit into that category. Um, this is a scene where he's trying to find. Uh, the girl who's been kidnapped mm -hmm. because she knows where the goat and ninja warriors left yes. arm is. Uh, and he bumps into some guys who sort of literally bumps into this guy in a car park. That's right, yeah. And so the guy says, I mean, we could do the Texan accents okay. if we wanted to, because the dubbing in it is quite unusual. Some of West Country accents. <laughs> And some of Texas. It's true, accents. yeah, it's absolutely bizarre. It's there's, my brother's ring. There's a very strong Brooklyn accent, the uh, brother, the initial brother. So he bumps into him and says, Excuse me. Now, Jagger Wong says, Excuse me. And the guy says, Hey, you Jagger Wong. You're acting pretty cool, man. But it's guys like you that need to be shown a good lesson. And Jagger Wong replies, And you think it's you that's going to show me. And he says, Let's see those famous Jaguar skills. And he says, you flatter me. And to me, that really sums it up. Jaguar Wong, to me, is meant to be the Fonz. And it's really like a reinterpretation of Happy Days as well. And that's why I think it's not even just two films sliced into one. The actual riffs and classic TV shows. And you've got that Annie Hall uh, homage in there as well. Of course. So I, think, I, think, I, think, I think it's deeper than you give it credit for. Absolutely. I mean, it's shit. <laughs> I mean, it really is shit. <laughs> but what I like about Manbog, uh -huh. for example, it's uh -huh. purposely shit. Uh -huh. This isn't purposely. Someone's tried to make it. They think this is a good film. Yeah. So in the in the same year, the director um, made the film Godfrey Ho made Project Ninja Deal Devils, Ninja Destroyer, um, and Rage of Ninja. Well, what you'll actually find is uh -huh. some of those uh -huh. are the same film. <laughs> Okay. With the storyline of the Golden Ninja Warrior. <laughs> right, okay. And there actually is a film called Golden Ninja Warrior. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. Excellent. So it's so it's, it's not really worth buying. Well, this film is available yeah. on YouTube. It's on and YouTube. It's, um, it's, I'd say it's certainly worth uh, a lick with a pizza on your hand and uh, a glass of uh, cool lemonade or Sprite. I would recommend Sprite. A Taylor's Port, uh huh, 1967. Right. Okay. So that's. I would recommend a lot of heroin. <laughs> because if you. Gil Kitansky uses and endorses heroin. There is actually a drug subplot as well, which we've forgotten about. What's the drug subplot? The drug subplot comes in with Jaguar Wong, and Tiger Chan uh -huh. is actually a massive heroin dealer. Right. Right. I don't quite know why. Then he thinks he's by off as well. He that may be for a different film. Yeah. Have you ever defeated anyone in a, in a street fight by making them jump into sand? Yes, three times. It's quite effective. How <laughs> difficult was it? To get their foot stuck yes. takes practice. I mean, genuinely speaking, the fight scenes are pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I've seen. I quite enjoy films. them. Quite, quite amusing and quite good fun. Well, Jack Lam, it's like he's. I quite enjoy like Yep. It's really strange. There's a little flicks he does. Uh -huh. He's like the Zlatan Ibrahimovic. In fact, he's not because he actually is quite violent in real life. It's it's kind of like early Capoeira. 
yeah. a lot of these fight scenes. Yeah, because you can just see that nobody's connecting with anyone and they really are just dancing at each other. And they really are, they're actually working together. Yeah. There's something sensual. Yeah, if you slowed it down, it could be an erotic ninja movie. There is some scenes. But then it would be longer. Yeah. You're listening to Gilman Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. It's 70 minutes into this episode already. What's that right? Fucking hell. <laughs> Inches. Well, okay, well, after, after those, uh, those interesting views and, and, and views, I think we can recommend this film to nobody. Half heartedly. <laughs> My dad. Um, he's <laughs> If you know somebody that you hate, then this film yeah, is. Dad. Certainly. Certainly blame. Yep. Um, Find the DVD and buy it for a shit relative at Christmas and be really enthusiastic when they open it. I knew you would love it. Okay, so. Let's put it on now. We'll have a quick break um, and then we'll be back to discuss Robocop. Yep. Fucking hell. Take a journey with the Phantom Eric as he explores the last 100 years of horror. 100 films to be explored, each one with the related themes, actors, and directors that made the last century of horror cinema so great. Travel the world from Germany to Scandinavia, Italy to France, North America and everywhere in between, with no stone left unturned. The zombies are locked up, the vampires are asleep. And the Prowlers have slain their last group of campers for the night. So take the hand of the Phantom American Lester Reaper, as this is one time travel experience you won't want to miss. Okay, so Robocop, the cop that is robotic, the robotic cop. The film that everybody's been really excited for me to listen to. Half Men. No, to watch. Oh. Part Man, Part half Machine. Half Robot. No, yeah. Part Man, Part Machine. All Cop. Yeah. Tagline. All Cop. Yeah. All Man, except the bits that aren't. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, do you want to synopsize Robo? Yeah, so. James Murphy Alex. is. Alex. James Murphy Alex. is. A, Alex Murphy is. A, New York street smart cop. Detroit. New York street smart Detroit. cop. Who is injured in a cyclone accident. Detroit is quite, it's really quite crucial that you say Detroit because oh. it is, again, a story about the decline of the American automotive industry. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so uh, Peter Murphy is a New York cop in the Lee Singer Bauhaus who uh, passes away in a bicycle accident yeah. and <laughs> is revived using a hoover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to synopsize since I'm full of nonsense? Uh, Alex no, Murphy. Right, Alex Murphy is a Detroit cop um, who has been shifted to a new division um, you probably know yep. better than me. I mean, you you've seen the film Inside Out. Transfers into yeah. Metro South. Uh huh. And he's on the case of a drug dealer whose name is I don't remember. Clarence, Clarence Bodicker. Clarence Bodicker is yeah. played by the dad from that seventies show. That's correct. Yeah. Ah, a theme yeah. tune by Big Star in the street, called by Cheap Trick. There we go. Yeah. So 
thinking. Oh, fuck off. Do you think it fits? I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I like Big Star. Yeah, but, but I just, I've never liked that theme tune. Oh, uh-huh, I mean, I'm kind of the view that prior to the third album, they're kind of mediocre anyway. Um, so I'm not really, I'm not going to fight you to the death about that one, to be honest. You do know, like, I, I had the uh, computer game, uh-huh. Spectrum, and the and theme really tune good. was so catchy they used an Ariston adverts. You could just do 90 minutes of that. That's like my documentary about whistling. So that's the this Robocop game. Yeah, that's because right. that famous which was the go- same game as a Batman uh-huh. movie game. They used the same kind of layout. Ah, and they right. just put wow. a cape and Robocop. So the interesting thing about yeah, the Robocop, Robocop never got to drive though. That was the thing. Oh, that was shit. That bit of the game. Yeah, yeah in the Batman. Oh, I quite like that Marvel's. game where you were doing the Batarang thing. Yeah, yeah that was pretty awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I had the I had the Batman game. Christ, nineteen ninety. I was immature then. I had the Batman game as well, and the Robocop game. Right. I don't remember. Did you complete I completed Robocop. Ed 209 was it better in the game than it was in the film? Yeah, I, I completed Robocop. I don't think I ever bothered completing And Robocop, Robocop you're quite in this Batman. You're quite in Babyfoot as well, weren't yeah. you? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you did the flashing things. Sure. I've subsequently completed the Batman game on a, an emulator. Right. But that was like last year. But. To hear me. Okay. And the the Ghostbusters game was fun as well, but I never really played the Ghostbusters any. game. Oh, for fuck's sake! Well, it's not like you to get calls in the middle of the show. Oh wait, it's exactly like you. Do you want to answer the phone? No. No, it's all right. It's just that. Yep. That's terrible. Okay. Hello. But she listens to the show. She know you didn't. We're still recording. Mhm. Where's your haircut? Oh, I haven't, no, no, it's just kind of, it's cutting itself now, it's right. getting to that stage. But you, you thought about getting a new style. <laughs> I've thought about it, yeah. Hey, so where will I edit from then? Ah, you don't need to edit, that's fine, you can just leave uh, it in. You can leave it in. You know, I know you don't like to cut anything out, so it's okay. It's it's realist, it's this approach to, you know... Well, girls are kind of follower of the Dogma 95 uh, school yep. of podcasting. Neo-realist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if it happens, it happens. Yeah. That's it. Only using the things found in Roscoe's flat. It's very annoying. Yep. So next week we're going to be recording on a, a chrome cylinder. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Robocop. Um, Alex Murphy bought a Detroit cop who is transferred to another division. And the police force has been privatised by... Omni consumer products. Yeah, omni consumer products. Um, who are in charge of quite a quite a number of other. That's right. They've yeah. got they've got a, they've got the thumbs and watch the different. Uh, yeah, they do like uh, defence programs yeah. for the government and stuff like that. I think it's quite interesting the kind of parallels that that exist in between this, which was kind of an exaggerated picture of how things were going to be and how things actually are today. Well, I thought you were going to say. Manbog was how things are today. Ah, <laughs> basically, yeah. 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 Well, this yeah. is Paul Verhoeven's satire. Yeah, sure. Declining the yeah. manufacturing. Uh huh. And just his satire on how he saw America as well. And violence with the guns. Yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Uh, I I think is is beautifully done. I actually, I'm, I'm I actually think that goes further though. And and one of the the pieces that I wrote, I argued that 
Robocop and cyborg films in general were really about uh, the reablement of disabled people as well. Because if you think about it, he's been in a terrible, that could be an accident, he, oh right, he could be shot and brutally, quite brutally murdered by Clans Bodiger, or, or indeed knocked off his bicycle by a lorry, as, as Ross suggested. But it's about the reablement process, and it's about the transformative process of becoming a member of society again, with only the aid of some prosthetics, and obviously his gun. Yeah, but they also wiped his memory. That that so was. So actually, be about the enslavement of. Uh, but it's not. But he. But he revives his identity, and to me, that symbolises. All oh, right, he's seen as he's seen as some kind of something different. As a disabled person, and then people see him as who he really is. Alex Murphy. That was a strange It's like one of the raptors. Yeah, it's, 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 it's Jurassic Park, the things with the flaring. Yeah, yeah it's like that. This is my foot. Watch. That's very strange. Maybe, yeah. Ross, since this was your first time to oh, oh. the Robocop, what did you think then? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed uh, the, the themes. Uh, the themes really uh, uh, kind of appealed to me. Um, particularly the kind of privatisation ideas, the because that's what we're seeing just now in terms is it Lincolnshire Police that's that's run yeah. by G4S and various things like that. Uh, the uh, the ideas about uh, kind of what would you say kind of ghettoisation, moving moving poor people out from the centre uh, and building a new Detroit for people of wealth and. These ideas are kind of introduced in the film in a quite kind of obvious That's way. Delta City. Yeah, Delta City. So it's, it's really interesting. So really, and it obviously um, the, the Detroit example is a, a real example of a city where things have gone. Well, it's just, it's, it's, you look at the, the centre of the city, and, uh, uh, famously Detroit Central Station. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful bit of architecture, and it, it, and it sits empty. It's an area. There's a an island near Detroit that a man has bought that he wants to set up, basically uh, his own country separate from the US. Autonomous. Yep. An yeah. autonomous collective. Taking the gated community to its oh. logical extreme. When you said you liked privatisation, do you mean in the film or just in general? <laughs> and you like do you like ghettoisation as well? <coughs> I, like, I like competition. I think competition. We're all Thatcherites. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're all. Apart we're, from me. We're all bourgeois now. I'm Apart from you. Um, Scum. You're the basically the underclass. Yeah. That's the that's a good thing. I feel like this this uh, this is an opportunity to reach out. To. to <laughs> do you think? Do you think she's Nancy Adams character? Do you think she's in love with Murphy? Uh, or do you think she feels I sorry for him? She's it's a reclamation project. With, I, I thought it was really interesting the way that they, uh, they got her to cut her hair. Right. Because of course Nancy Allen was, she, she was uh, best known really at that point for Carrie, where she was meant to be like the, ah. the school stunner and everything. She was also in a, oh, what's the one man to go see in Richard Gere? Uh, Protocol, something Protocol. Oh gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. 
it'll she's, come to that. But I, she's, she's a partner in that as well, and Richard Gere seduces her. Do you not yeah. think it was quite interesting how the, in, oh. the parallels between Robocop and George Dredd? Um, it's, uh, it's influenced by Dredd. So it's quite very, interesting, yeah, and then... Very then, obviously. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's much more the same source of Robocop and Dredd. I thought it was much more, mm-hmm. more Dirty, Dirty Harry. It's but it's yeah, influenced by yeah. Dirty Harry. And then, well, Dirty then, Harry, it, Judge Dredd is Dirty Harry set in the future. Yeah. But then seeing the, the Judge Dredd film, the relationship between the two... two uh, primary characters in that as well. Oh, very very yeah, very close to that and this Robocop. So using the same material. He, he, he does look like... He does have his dread helmet and everything. Yeah. So I yeah, think. I have to say I really enjoyed that. I've been putting off watching it, obviously, for, for years. Did for you years notice years. as well, one thing I, I noticed through watching it was the, the physical performance of... of Peter Weller. Mm-hmm. Was that he actually does move like a... Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know that wooden. Mm. Yeah, oh, his uh, his movements as Robocop are, are superb. Uh-huh. I unfortunately didn't have the DVD uh-huh. with me this week. Yeah, so I, I couldn't watch the, Netflix, him, couldn't the making uh-huh. of and everything. Yeah. Sure. Because Ed two hundred nine is very. I mean, it's like real. I don't. I, I don't know if it was one of his protégés that worked in it, but really, you do Harry Harrison style. Yeah. Uh-huh, sure. A style that kind of way of moving again. Uh, Ed 209, I really like those scenes because it's all uh, stop motion animation. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what that's, I mean. It's, mm. it's, uh, it's just really well done. Particularly the, the fight scene uh-huh. has been Robocop. That's the significant budget as well, doesn't it? The yeah. only thing I didn't like with Ed 209 was uh-huh. when it falls down the stairs and the noises it makes like the child. I, I really like that because really? oh, I, I, I thought the... Because there's a brain inside it. Well, you don't, you don't really know what Ed 209's motivation is. And it's just basically like a slave class of robot. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the fact that it's quite tentative when it's attempting the stairs. Mm-hmm. And then. Like a child. And then petulant when it hasn't managed mm-hmm. to walk down the stairs and is lying on its back. Uh-huh. You know, it's Ed 209 isn't this just crazy, awesome killing machine. Mm-hmm. It's It's a fucking adolescent, stupid robot that needs to be taught how to actually do things. Uh-huh. It's amazing how quickly, you know, the idea was it was going to become a franchise because it was a big hit, well, mm-hmm. a reasonable size hit. Frank Miller wrote the... Yeah, Frank, Frank Miller it was terrible. wrote the same one. It was awful, really. Bad. He said, really bad. He said, it was interesting because he said, he described Robocop as an ultimate superhero. I don't ever saw him as that at all. No. It's, it's just, it doesn't work for me. But uh, then they made the third one as well. Oh, and, nice just... and the TV series. Yeah, yeah. TV which was a series. kids. I think it was yeah. a cartoon as well. From yeah, what I've seen in Robocop, I've seen one to the minute of Robocop. I think the best way to portray him is a kind of Frankenstein character, an unfortunate figure who's well, been. Well, what's happening with the new one? Uh, well, it's, it's Dark Knight meets Iron Man, basically, right? Yeah, it's yeah the, the, It just looks like he's a still got a hand. It's like two popular and things shoved together. Yeah, he's still got one of his hands yeah. in the new one. I will go and see it. I'm going to just get a reserve. I don't think he rides a motorbike as well. Yeah, I mean, he does look like he's just a motorcycle gear. But he doesn't look like a robot. There's a Canadian film series of Robocop as well. They made three uh-huh. films. Uh, I can't remember what they're called, but I think one of them at least is on Netflix. Because it does look a thing that's like 
Poundland, it's like Dark Justice or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's that's one of them. Yeah, right. the Canadian ones. Uh-huh. And even though they're awful, they're not as bad as, as the films. As two and three. Right. Okay. Two and three is bad. Because two and three, they basically try and turn Robocop into a fucking cartoon character. Uh-huh. And then eventually do turn Robocop into a cartoon character. And in the early and 90s, everybody was it? Everybody that had even a basic idea got a cartoon series when we were talking. Yeah. Toxic, yeah. Toxic Crusaders, uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Kid and Play, Bill and Ted. Well, right. Yeah, you could mention any number of different kind of cultural points. And at that point, I think, I don't know why, but there just there seemed to be such a proliferation of... It's really weird shit. Is that making these cartoons is almost like an acknowledgement that the ratings system means nothing to oh, anybody. I think it's more a final nail in the coffin, where it's just a giving up. Mm. Mm. With the exception of some things like, if you look at, I think, Batman animated series mm-hmm. in the what, early 2000s, really legitimised. The, the cartoon again. Not the Brave New World. I think that's pretty. Bad. It's not. Right. That's okay. that's actually like a cartoon version of the cartoon. But the the Batman the Batman animated series you can kind of take them as a separate thing. Uh-huh. They are. Well. I mean, it's that's, quite impressive. The but with Robocop, you just can't. No. Because. But it's the same kind of art style, I think. Yeah, uh, it's it's just rotten. I just I. I did toy with the idea of watching one of them again. This but, it's, week. but it's weird that kind of that acceptance of you know the gun as yeah. almost uh-huh. a toy yeah. or something to aspire to. Yep. His gun is awesome though. And it's a big rip off of Dread's gun, obviously. I suppose. Well, it's a it's a rip off of an actual gun. So there's a, there's a gun that the design's really close to, and it's just kind of modified. But I can't remember what it's called, but. Dread's gun has changed over the years. I mean, his gun used to have a, a dial on the side. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And everything. And I wasn't as keen on the the new gun in the, the recent film. I, I, thought I, I liked the new Dread film. I thought it was very well. I done. loved the film, but out of, out of that, that gun, yeah. I wasn't as, as keen on that as maybe the, the gun that I was expecting to see. Like, that was the problem. That was the only two things where I thought, Oh, why did they change that? Was the gun and, Rob and, the, and the bike? Rob Schneider. Yeah, why didn't they put Rob Schneider in the new dress film? Exactly. Just so that he could have been shot. Yeah. That would be good if that scene when they're up, they're firing the the guns across the the center of the building. Yeah. And just Rob Schneider just normally just appears and gets destroyed. It's strange because um, normally in a film, in fact, in Manbol. They've got that scene where, you know, obviously he's firing off his gun and she's standing next to him and it's kind of spoofed it. Yeah. She doesn't get hit. Normally you get that and I like, how the fuck did they manage to get away with that? But in Dread, it actually mm-hmm. works Everybody really well. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's great, you know, it's, it's absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. I think Dread's the only film that I've seen where the 3D has actually made a positive it was impact yeah. on, the, on the film yeah. itself. Whereas generally 3D takes away from the film or the artistic vision. Yeah. I think Dread added something to it with the slow-mo sequences, uh, the breaking glass sequences, a whole range of the sequences. Yeah, but then on the other side of that coin, the 2D versions, the the slow duration of the uh-huh. slow-mo scenes and stuff kind of it's takes strange. away when you've not... Sure, sure. It's yeah. strange though because it's so darkly lit. Have you watched the 2D version now? Yeah. Alright, okay, cool. I've got the Blu-ray. Yeah, as do I, but yeah. I've not actually watched the, the 2D version yet. 
I hope you watched the 3D I? version. Have you got a 3D TV? No, I've not watched it. So you've just not watched you, it? You and I watched it in 3D at the cinema. Yeah. That's what it was me and I have oh, not, watched, not watched it. I've not watched the Blu-ray yet. Which I bought last week. So no There's some other extras on it as well. Are the extras quite good in the trend? They're, they could be better. But sure. yeah, they're, they're fair the, enough. The interviews that uh-huh. uh, Alex Garland uh-huh. has done since then, and uh, the guy at Rebellion, when they've talked about are you going to make any more Dread films, that's actually quite interesting as well because he said they were going to do maybe the same format as the kind of Punisher fiction <laughs> that Tom Jane did. Well, they're, they're not going to oh, get yeah, a Dread sequel now. Laundry. Dirty laundry, right? Because uh, Dread cost fifty million, uh-huh. and it made thirty-five million. So it was a f- I think it's a great film. So I'd be surprised if it didn't get. I blame the I blame the cinemas and the distributors and everything because Dread was only on in Glasgow for a week in most places and uh-huh. two weeks in a couple of places. Uh-huh. And it didn't really get a lot of advertising. I don't remember even seeing it advertised on TV. I think more, more could have been made of the fact in Scotland that it's a Scottish. Yep, John White. Dundee, I mean, how's so, so during the during the last couple of weeks, we've seen that uh, Dread is going to get a sequel. Um, it's not. No, it's not. Dread is going to get a sequel in comic book form. And two thousand AD released a teaser image. Um, somebody mentioned a sequel, so that was either this week or the previous week. Um, so it's going to be a sequel. Yeah, but no, not. But they've film, already done no. a sequel. Oh, the sorry, I was just it's based on a particular storyline. Right, okay. So there's sequels all Well, it's, it's got elements of yeah. a, a few storylines. Tra- so am I wrong? Am I wrong in what I'm saying? Probably. Right, well, okay. what they've said is that the, there won't be a Dread film moving forward at all, but there will be Unless possibly a, a short... So in but September of 2013, they're going to be releasing a sequel to the film and comic format from 2000, 2018. Right, that's, so that's what I was trying to say. Oh, that's what you did say. Yeah, yeah. that was what I did. We so were talking about a, a film sequel. <laughs> you know, there's, Dread's been going for a long, long time. Uh-huh. Basically, what they'll probably be doing is taking whatever script they have. Yeah, absolutely. For the trying to film and bring it I just say, I've never seen this level of aggression in you before. It's it's, it's quite. Thank you, no, that's yeah. nice. I think it's because we have to sit next to each other, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> Gil does really bring in the most. Bring in the most. I don't think it does. Out. I think you're like a really good Malcolm and Wise. <laughs> no, really? that would be funny. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm <laughs> Wise, I we used to see him, and it was it was horrible when you'd see him interviewed after he was dead. I mean, all your life, you, people are saying, "No, oh, you're not the funny." It's your pal. Mm-hmm. And then even when he's dead, this thing is funny. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> so, yeah. It's really yeah. tragic. Isn't there a wife leaving? He said he was a nightmare to live with. I don't know. I, I can't remember. I, yeah. Yeah. He is definitely dead, though, I remember. He's definitely that. dead. He and about how he's a black sheep of the family because they were a family of cobblers mm-hmm. and he'd left to become a pharmacist. Obviously, I think it's funnier when you're 10 and you're reading the book rather than to yep. some plummy guy <laughs> telling it to you in a couch. In a strange accent yes. that is not his own. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> okay, um, guys, so we'll have a wee break from our aggression. 
um, when we go, go punch it out and then make love to try and uh, get rid of this tension that keep writing to us about. Please stop sending the emails. We do know it's there. Um, so we'll be back after this, this short break uh, to discuss the man cyborg mix that is manborg this is jamie from devour the podcast do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty oh my god fuck this movie fuck this movie so hard oh my goodness you know i halfway through this movie i was just like let's get this thing going fuck this movie (laughs) humor and an obvious passion for the genre i like the cut of your jib the ceiling grandma don't make me get out the broom Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler's list of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avenger. To new favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. Hey guys, um, <laughs> so we're going to discuss Manborg, um, Astro and Sex's Manborg, um, which was released in 2012, 2012 well, 2013. Yeah, it came mm-hmm. out 2000, well, it came out in film festivals 2012. Sure. So that's when its release date goes by. And uh, 2013 was the the DVD release. There is no Blu-ray. As of yet. Well, no, they said there is no Blu-ray. Oh, there's not going to be one. So I, I don't know if maybe there will be uh-huh. one at some point in the future, okay. but they don't have anything planned for one at the moment, they've said. Uh-huh. But, yeah, Manborg is about uh, a soldier, a nameless soldier, who uh, who dies in a future war whilst battling demons from hell. The armies of hell, yes. yes. Just after seeing his brother die and he takes on the Dark Lord Count Dracula and loses and then is reawakened many years later mm-hmm. as a cyborg. Yep. Is it, is it Megadeth City or what is it they call, they call it in the... Uh, I, Never remember offhand, but the, so yeah. Yeah, I've, I've only had a chance to watch it twice. So <laughs> very good. There we go. Cool. Um, so he's awake in the future. Yeah. Count Dracula has taken over the the, the world. entire world. <laughs> the entire world, such as it is. Um, the entire world seems to be a, a large arena, gladiatorial <laughs> arena, with industrial surroundings. Yes. It's kind of like a like the Running Man. But just I thought like it was gladiators very... type thing, where humans are pitted against yeah. demons. Yeah. Just I thought it was a for cast of Mortal Kombat, basically, in a zombie future. <laughs> no, it, well, it's so kind of say, oh, which it's might kind of... actually possibly be the pitch. <laughs> and I didn't realise that it's not being. No, it, it was inspired by, as we say, oh, like the the kind of 
the slightly cheesy posters that you yep. used to get on on VHS releases, uh, so that you would. But it is all the characters are actually Mortal Kombat, even down to number one men. Yeah, they are actually Mortal Kombat characters. Right, okay. They are. I mean, uh-huh. even the guy. Um, oh God, what's the Baron? The, the comedy guy with the flowers. Baron. He's facing Scorpion without his mask. It is. They're all Mortal Kombat characters. <laughs> Seriously, they are. Even even Manborg, he's what's his face? But uh, with a perm. Yeah, but with a perm. Oh, Kano, sorry. Kano. Yeah, Kano. Alright, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's he's quickly caught because he bumped into number one man. Yeah. Superbly dubbed. Oh, no, I like that. And I think that is actually got, his voice, as much as it, I think it, I know it's dubbed, 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 dubbed it so that yeah. it would look uh-huh. like that, and to, to give it the, the look and feel of all these. Because watching the making of it does seem like that is his actual voice, like when he's speaking. And I was really surprised at that, because I didn't imagine it would be. I, I like the slight out of syncness uh-huh. that like it, it works. Yep, it does work very well. well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he, he teams up with Mina, Number mm-hmm. one man and Justice. <laughs> Justice is played by Connor Sweeney, who was with what Twink and uh, Father's Day. Yeah, with um, his uh, awesome Australian accent that comes and goes. Read atrocious. Yep. <laughs> Australian accent. Uh, but it's good. It's Jonathan Jonathan Junior's my transatlantic accent. I've already established that's due to growing up in military bases. Yeah. Around the world. <laughs> Mostly down south somewhere in an unnamed location. And possibly a shit. Yes. Okay. But, um, uh, yeah. I, so I so like Mina that. is Mina Meredith Sweeney. Yeah. So it's not that is Connor Sweeney's sister. sister. Right, cool. And he's married to in real life, did you say? <laughs> no. Well, he's Australian. <laughs> he's not Australian. I think they're Canadians. Think yeah. They're yeah, they're all Canadian. Yeah. And do you know an interesting thing about this film is I thought that uh, Steve uh, Kostansky. I thought Keith, uh, Steve Kostansky was a basically like a fake character based on all the the guys from, no, from he's, he's a guy. but he's actually a person. When yeah. I watched the making of documentary, I couldn't believe it because I thought. Does he wear a, 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 a like? He's quite, a, he's like quite a young guy, doesn't he? He's, but does he wear one of those long leather jackets? That's what a lot of no. no, no. So sort of long sh- yeah. waist length hair. It looks like he no. listens to Sabbath. Right. Just a uh, bit of a, an enigmatic character in the Astron 6 world, oh. I think. Because I genuinely thought that there was only really five of them and that they were... But there is. Right, I didn't realise he was part well, of it though. So yeah. Adam Brooks, Connell Sweeney. Right. Um, yeah, so it's, it's really... I, I just, uh, I'm so glad I finally got to see this film. Yeah. Been waiting to see it for how long? How long have we been very waiting long, to see my work? Very long, very long. Yeah. Um, so it's uh, basically the whole thing is filmed in front of a green screen. Um, and it's given a very, very retro look. It feels like an animation in places. Um, I used to thought it was a bit like rotoscoping. Right, okay. Uh-huh. More the backgrounds. And, uh-huh. sort of, and the design of the soldiers at the start, uh, kind of like confederacy. Uh-huh. No, absolutely. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's it's, it's interesting. Actually, there's some nice design work in it. I like I like the denim jacket. <laughs> I used to have one of them. Ah, uh, Justice's cut off. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I, I'd do it with leather sleeves. 
and maybe some badgies. <laughs> you stars and stripe badgies. <laughs> kind of like Debbie Gibson. Yeah, but I would wear it with the leggings. So that's an extremely low budget, I think. Two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. Well, two thousand dollars is what they've they've quoted. It was I made. Think they're lying. I think they're lying a bit. Like he said that his, his, said Father's Day was ten thousand dollars. He said that his mother stitched the green screen together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's easy to keep your costs down when you've got when you've ripped the sleeves off your denim that'll, jacket. That will yeah. help you out. The interesting thing about this film, you were saying that it was filmed over three years. Well, it was. It's. Uh, it's been a three-year process. Right. Got okay. All the green screen. Uh, Adam Brooks apparently was never in the same place as anybody else when they were making it. Right. Okay. Oh. I'm pretty sure that was in the in the director's commentary. See, I, I managed to get a look at uh, all of the interviews. Yeah, I think I listened to the director's commentary. The the interviews in themselves are quite interesting because they're um, they're played by the Falkman, Chris Falkman yeah. from the from Father's Day. Father's Day, and they're very bizarre. So in some of them he's got no top on and just a tie, and others ones he's he's clutching some kind of deformed baby, uh, yeah. and other ones he's well that is the baby, profusely. the baby from Father's Day. Yeah, the, so the Falkmanic is presented. So very very cool. Um, so it's straight Hollywood type interviews with yeah. the Hollywood type backgrounds with the Fuckmanicus standing there um, and what sitting did, there doing his thing. What did you think about the sort of stop motion in this? Do you, do, did you like it or did you find it jarring? I, 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 I really liked it. I really uh, liked it, the giant, particularly the giant. So there's actually on the DVD thing. there's a, one of the bonus Things is uh-huh. another uh, stop motion animation that Steve Kostansky's made. Oh yeah. I can't remember what that one's called, but it was really good as well. It's because something like Beyond the Future or something. Uh, oh, Beyond the something. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, they they've used stop motion animation in Father's Day as well. Uh-huh. Right. And it's. I've not seen. Yeah, you were saying. I tried to ply you with Father's Day, but you're worried that your yes. wife would think it would pornography. It was pornography. Yes, what that's, that's that's correct. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. And also, I feel that it would go against my religious beliefs, as well as a Scientologist. <laughs> I feel that you shouldn't have seen naked women ever as a Scientologist. That's taught to me by. Tom I don't think you should see more. <laughs> but yeah, uh, <clears throat> but you're not a Scientologist. It helps my operating feet and count to get up. Yeah, if I see Um So yeah, I, I love this film. Um, yeah, I'm I think is is lo- love not too strong. Well, I tried to like. I tried to give you a Laser Ghost. I think you watched that as well. I, I did. I watched Laser Ghost two on. I watched that on YouTube. Uh huh. And I also. What did you think of Laser Ghost? I actually thought I thought the funniest one. Uh huh. Was Biocon. Sure. I okay. really like that and I really like So Biocop for anybody that's listening, Biocop is the closing feature. Um at the end of Manborg when the credits have rolled, we get this kind of um trailer trailer for a kind of Toxic Avenger, Scanner Cop, Maniac Cop type film. Um I actually thought it was a real actually remind me of Scrubs. <laughs> no, I really did that kind of Thing between uh-huh. Zach Braff and Donald Faison, I really, honestly, <laughs> I was quite struck by uh-huh. it. I was like, are they purposely doing this? Like, Biocop, it's like Zach Braff, except he's better acting. 
So Biocop is basically... Sack breath. <laughs> it's basically if uh, the Toxic Avenger, instead of getting superhuman pills, was just melting and regretting that his whole life had ever happened. Like Sack breath. <laughs> In Garden State. <laughs> so he's... Uh, what is it? What's his line? Why am I Why alive? Am I alive? <laughs> and then the, the tagline is something bizarre. Like, once in a lifetime... A friendship happens that... What is it again? Do you remember a band? No, I don't remember. No. I just remember him trying to kill himself a few times. <laughs> he like, what's that what you, you want to die? And he's basically yes. melting and he's screaming his and eyes stuff. Fall out. It's a constructive suicide because he walks out in front of the bank robbers. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that happened in Scrubs, but it didn't. It'd be good if Biocop got a whole film. I'd really like to see that. That would be a lot of fun. So. <laughs> Do you think it would be more likely to get made if Zach Braff played it? I think it would be less likely to be made if Zach Braff played Biocop. And they actually killed him in real life. And then did reanimate <laughs> Zach Braff's corpse. Oh, I quite liked Garden State, I'm sorry. Oh, come on. Oh. You like Natalie Portman, though. You thought she was good thought. Yeah, yeah. Right with helmet. Oh, she was terrible. She kind of sexy. She was too small. Little Helmet is a nickname You like Cat Dennings though as well, don't you? I do, yeah. It's just terrible. That Too Broke Girls is just terrible. Girl Watch is Too Broke Girls. Do you like it? No. I preferred... I preferred... Happy Happy Endings, I thought, was a lot funnier. Mm. I didn't actually see Happy Endings. I liked it. The second season was very good. I've actually started watching Hannibal. Really? It's two episodes in. It's it's probably going to get cancelled. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Have seen Dexter? It, well, it's the it's the same guy that did uh, Wonder Falls and uh, Pushing Daisies right. and something else. Brian Fuller, the guy that tried to do the Monsters remake. Brian Fuller is Simon Fuller's brother as well. Not a lot of people know that. He's that often no, Brian, he's Brian Ferry's dad. Stop he is. <laughs> no, he's, Brian Ferry is Brian Fuller's dad. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So did you actually see the Monsters remake? Yeah, starring shit. Oh, the starring with Brian Eddie, Ferry. With Eddie Ed Edzold, yeah. yeah. What was it like? I hated it. It was so I heard some okay rumours about some okay reviews on that. No? I, I just thought it was a waste of time. Right. Well, did you not like Eddie Edzold? Because he's in the remake of Ninja Terminator. <laughs> with Zach Braff. <laughs> I, I just thought, why, why bother with uh-huh. the Monsters? Fuck it. It was passion. Mm. I'm pretty sure... See, you, you should allow me to let you watch things that are off the internet. Yeah. I don't do this See, I don't, well I don't because... encourage girls' uh, behaviour, but I do benefit from no, it. Yeah, because you're <laughs> never going to get the opportunity to fucking watch exactly, that exactly, in this country no, now. Because right. they spent like $10 million on one episode, money on the, and it's that. a pile of wank. Yep. Well, yeah. I, d- I don't really... know, though. I mean, as, as, an, as an artist myself, I would be quite hurt if my fans, if I had any, were to download something of mine I produced with these hands, and this mind, and this heart, for free. I'd be really hurt. I I just let them do that. (laughs) Yeah. I just tell them have it for free. Am I not getting paid for this? (laughs) You got pizza. We'll discuss that after. (laughs) Yeah, we'll discuss that after. (laughs) But yeah, Manborg, 
fucking superb. Yeah, Manborg is, is absolutely excellent. I mean, it's, it's quite short, isn't it? It's yeah, like, 61 minutes long. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, oh no, 70 with, with bio-copy. Yeah, with yeah. bio-copy. And I'm um, using copyright infringement. Yeah, the, the copyright infringement. I'll be honest, right? I actually find Ninja Terminator funnier because it's not meant to be. Uh-huh. And they try yeah. so hard, bless them. And they're trying to be serious. And I think, I think at times, actually, I really did laugh at Manborg. But I think at times it tries a bit too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was just a a fun hour long run. Yeah. I really liked the, uh, like Doctor Scorpius. Uh, I thought it was well, the was very, afterwards with was very much like Doctor Strange Love. Uh-huh. Even, uh huh. Even Adam Brooks' sort of accent mm-hmm. was a, a little bit similar to Peter Sellers. And this and just. I I really like that. And is it? Mm-hmm. This is also based on a true story. Uh, it's based like on true story. Yeah. yeah. And Ninja Terminator, mm-hmm. which yeah. is a common theme across all three films. Yeah, they're, they're all true stories. They are indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and they're all good for showing to kids late at night before they go to their bed. So yeah, I think I think the the value in Manborg. I loved Manborg, um, but I would say that the the last ten minutes with Biocop. Are really the high point of the film. Would you agree with that, or would you? I, I, I know they're separate things. I, I, did, I would say I mean, that, was, I, say that Bioco, I enjoyed Biocop more than I enjoyed Manborg. I enjoyed both things. But I, I, I think enjoy. that's maybe again go back to the thing where you think I'd love to see more of this, uh-huh. whereas mm-hmm. I've seen it. And how often does that happen when you go and see a film and you think I, I wish I'd more seen of this? Yeah, like. And also, bio biocop is just like, oh, here's what the the best bits of this film uh-huh. would look like. So. Which was the same as uh, Laser Ghost. It was a yeah. similar kind of thing. I mean, Laser Ghost started off as a trip. Well, it starts off as if it's a trailer, but it's actually just like kind of ha- is yeah, supposedly the entire, it highlights the entire story across the film, like um, ten minutes. And I think that's the value. Yeah. And the work Astron Six has been doing has been really, really high standard yeah. um, and I really hope that they, they continue to, to do the stuff that they've I, I like it. I wonder what's next. Yeah. Have you seen the Australian um, one? Is it Aruga that did Italian Spider-Man? Yeah. I really, I, I really, that, I love that, but that's, that's a much different beast because that's, that, that's, what production values has been done to make series? it really, really good to make it look so bad. Yeah, there was a, a TV series from Australia, Danger Five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. That was uh, very much shot and made to look like a a seventies mm-hmm. type espionage yeah. thing. Quite quite similar in style, of probably to something like Dark Place. Dark Place, of course. But like their their boss in it just mm-hmm. for no reason has I think has an eagle's head. Mm-hmm. Right. And nobody ever questions that it's all very very cheesy it, yeah. it's it's really good i think they only made six episodes of it but yeah. it's it's well worth checking out my dangerous grass and one tone's got one more <laughs> if you had a bird's head gross what would it be would it be a it'd be a bald eagle <laughs> i thought more of a budgie or something canary i think a, a finch a finch a, really a finch because mm. granny's like like a finch uh-huh. I think the grannies would like a rose. Oh, that's nice. probably say a bit too. 
Cool tits or a great tit or? I think if I said great tit, really, you know. There are only two, a blue tit as well. Blue tit. Do you get green tits? Yeah. Oh, let me go. The cool tits really good. No, that's blue tits. Okay. So, um, Manborg, would you recommend Manborg to I, I your think, friends and family? People should should buy it. Oh. Just without even caring. So you and don't think you should steal it off the internet then, Gil? No, because uh, it's a small production company. I think maybe some people will steal it off the internet, uh-huh. but then they will go and buy it because mm-hmm. it's it's worth. And is it available in arts. all good DVD shops? Sadly, so there's been a lot of problems. Because HMV. Because of the, I was going to say all good DVD shops and HMV. Uh-huh. Well, well the, HMV's been an issue because of this distribution deal was sorted out um, prior to HMV. Before HMV went tits up. So Zach Braft suing them as well for <laughs> scrubs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite hard to get a hold of. You actually have to kind of go online. Unfortunately, it's our kind of Amazon job because we um, we had been between the two of us, we'd been kind of holding off trying to trying to buy it in the shops. Um, I went round five uh-huh. different shops and knew there actually phone places it. as Even well. Even phone places like um, uh, like the guy in the a uh, the JR Yellow Pages advert, JR Hartley. But me looking at my books. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Jonathan Jr. Fly fishing and wine tasting. I, I said in the to, cinema. I actually, I, in the cinema. I told Ashburn Six they should do that as as an advert for Manborg. Just have Manborg floating around. And shorts. my name? Manborg. Manborg. I can only hope that Jamie Winston is in that film. <laughs> she's my favourite actress. I think she's best in that fucking cinema. Cinema. Who speaks of that? Do you know who my favourite actress is? Harmony from the King's, the Queen's Nose. Oh, uh, the red-headed lassie. I can't remember no, what else she's been in since then. No, she's Her so sister was like married. So much she can't yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's she true. had a magic fifty pence piece. Did you watch on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Queen's Nose. It was on the fifty pence. Yeah, man. Right. Yeah. It's like up there with Tracy Beaker. Yeah, Melody and Harmony. I can't remember what the family's surname was. Yeah. But yeah, it was uh, right up there with Aquila. <laughs> that was the two little boys that found a, a spaceship that could turn invisible. And really basically didn't do much with it. Yeah, so highly recommend <laughs> uh, picking up Manborg on DVD. I insist on um, it. Would also. you recommend picking up season one of Scraps? <laughs> no, because you, you can just watch it on Comedy Central. Yeah. Who's well, not, who's not Comedy Central? I'm Comedy Central. Oh, really? I. Fancy Dan. Is it honestly? But doesn't right. have to be comedy to be on there. Somebody has the well, best channel. It's just central. Yeah. Well, Scrubs, Scrubs was alright up until season one. It was really, it was really a sort of male students Ally McBeal. Really. Ally McBeal was alright. Do you think? Yeah. yeah. The Portia de Rossi. Yeah. Portia de Rossi is a. Ama- I thought she was a revelation of Arrested Development. Yeah. It's amazing though that all this stuff they said about you know eating disorders and stuff. When she famously had one in Ali McBeal. Yeah. Ross is developing one as well before her eyes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've McBeal. actually thought that because her mother's always berating yeah, for, for berating her. For but yeah, I, I would say get the first season of Arrested Development first. 
actually does that face that Jessica Walters does, you know, that scowl when she's drunk. Yeah. And it's just an Alec Baldwin impersonation. <laughs> he does that in 30 Rock. That obviously it works very well in a, an Tina only, only podcast. Yep. podcast but yeah. 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 No, I've I've managed to find a way to to get the frown across. Yeah. Supposedly. Um, okay, so we'll have a, a short break and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. This is Lloyd Kaufman, president of Trauma Entertainment and creator of the Toxic Avenger. And much of madness, the best entertainment that the Toxic Avenger and I have ever seen. Much of madness is traumarific. Horophilia's Much of Madness, More of Sin podcast. Only at horophilia.com. Okay, guys, um, and we're back. Um, the wee battery is at red. Um, so all that all that remains is for us to say thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Um, and thanks to our, our guest, Doctor Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Junior. Doctor Jonathan Junior. Please Jr. do listen to Whistler's Mother, which is our new documentary with uh-huh. Professor Brian Cox. It's Professor Brian Cox. Where he whistles with his mother for ninety <laughs> minutes while speaking to minors. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Gil, do you have anything follow to add? No. <laughs> no, nothing. Um, okay, so next week we have the Daytime Emmy Award winning actor, Bubble uh, Burst Jr. joining us um, via Skype for an interview and discussion about his work. Um, so please tune in for that. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thanks to our pod pals out there on the internet, uh, Devil Podcast, uh, Night Eleven Podcast, and The Phantom Eric. 100 Years of Horror. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Bodacious Horror and at Gil Rokitansky. Um, and you can find us on Facebook. Uh, okay. If you do a sh- uh, search for Bodacious Horror, you'll find us. Yep. You can also find my new cookery book uh-huh. as well, which is all wine based recipes. Great, okay. Um, which is quite good as well. Okay. But only if you like wine. Uh huh. And if you could also check out uh, Jonathan's new film, Hustle's Mother, that's coming out soon. Whistler's Mother. Okay. <laughs> okay. We had thought about calling it Whistler's Father, <laughs> but people didn't get the pun. Okay, so yeah. girls say goodbye to the boys and girls at home. Bye, boys and girls at home. Okay, and we'll see you all next week for Bubble Burst Jr. Bye, everybody. Oh, cheerio. Bye. Greetings, my friend. I'm at my home. 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 I'm